it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Everywhere you go. Most likely because it's Christmas this fucking weekend. Have you done your Christmas shopping yet? May God have mercy on your soul if not. Hi, you're listening to Verbal Discharge's 2016 Christmas special. My name is James, and I'll be kicking off the proceedings this week. You know, 2016 has been a weird time. There's been elections and referendums, deaths and tragedies. Even our gorillas aren't safe from senseless gangland shootings. It's times like this when we need to pull back and reflect, and think to ourselves, how can we find any hope at all at the end of a year that has largely only brought pain and suffering? Well, don't you go worrying yourselves, intrepid listeners. We here at Verbal Discharge kindly remind you that as December draws our year to a close, we can perhaps find solace in an old, strange, and perhaps even questionable holiday. I'm talking, of course, about Christmas. Christmas is all about love and kinship. It's a time to come together right now over me. So said John Lennon, and he knew all about love. Or at least, he claimed to. I mean, rumour has it that he was actually a piece of shit and beat his wife on the regular. But that's not the image of him we have seared into our pop culture memory. Instead, let's assume that John Lennon was a totally sound and reasonable bloke, and that Christmas is a holiday not steeped in historically disputed traditions and trepidatious, perhaps even objectionable practices. But can we? I mean... Can we... can we really ignore all of that? This year's been horrible for everyone involved, so who's to say Christmas won't be the same? Will all of that underlying hatred and tension bubble to the surface just like the once-presumed dormant intolerance that rose up and got Donald Trump elected? Will Christmas dinners across the land be tarnished with arguments and resentment? Will Harambe ever come back to life? just like his son of God predecessor before him. What is Christmas? Why is Christmas? What does it mean to participate in Christmas celebrations in this day and age? It seems we have no choice but to find out. For this week's show, verbal discharge have scattered to the winds like reindeer pubes in flight and have journeyed to far and distant corners of our planet in search of the true meaning of Christmas. Perhaps if we succeed, Christmas will be saved and we can finish an uncertain and intolerant year with love, harmony and loads and loads and loads and loads and loads of sweet, sweet turkey. If the four of us can't find it, then may God help us all. No, really, may he? You know, it's a holiday built around his dead son, so surely, you know, it falls to him to sort it out, doesn't it? You know what, in fact, furthermore, God made the human race, and he made each of us, so doesn't that make us all his sons and daughters? Why would God create a perfect son and let all of his other children murder that son as some form of example of how shitty we all are. We know how shitty we are, God. We killed our fucking brother. Quite literally, for Christ's sake. (sighs) Anyway, let's get on with the show. 
Verbal Discharge. The world's third to best radio show. Not about squids. Catch up at verbaldischarge.co.uk. Hello, it's me, everyone's favourite metaphorical reindeer pube, Robbie Owen. And today, in order to find the true meaning of Christmas, I'm in France. And I mean Paris when I say France, which is in France, North France. For those of you that don't know anything about France, it's the one country in the world that it was okay to be xenophobic towards even before Brexit. They like cheese, baguettes, moustaches, surrendering, wine, stripy shirts, art, onions, romance, garlic, berets, movies in which a man spends six hours contemplating whether he should sleep with his sister the whole time, not noticing that every time he says anything these funny floating words appear in English, um, being smelly, hairy women, needlessly fancy food, never knowing which team will turn up, and sex. But do they like Christmas? This is the question I'm here to find out. And to help me find out, I have alongside me a very charming young man called Pierre or Francis or Jean-Luc or Louis or Jacques or Hugo or Vincent or Gerard or Thierry or like <laughs> or something. Uh, instantly, Wikipedia tells me that Donald is a French name, which amused me slightly considering what's happened in world politics. So's Theresa, incidentally. Uh, anyway, hello to Pierre or Francois or Jean-Luc or Louis or Jacques or Vincent or Gerard or Thierry or ha 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 or something. Oh, bonjour, je m'appelle la France, I am the France, I am from the France, and I love the cheese, uh, the baguettes, the moustaches, the surrendering, the wine, the strippy shirts, the art, the onions, the romance, the garlic, the bellies, the movies in which a man spends six hours contemplating where he sleep with his wife and hold him not noticing the earth is free. Floating words coming up before you in a language that is not the France. The France is the only language that we speak in the France. Being smelly, I like being the smelly, the airy women, ha ha ha, especially the Germans, the needlessly fancy food, the never knowing which team will turn up, and the sex. Well, the big question we want to know Pierre or Francois or Jean-Luc or Louis or Jacques or Vincent or Gerard or Thierry or ha 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 or something is do you like Christmas? I adore the Christmas like all the mass to Chris as they call it in the France. Well Pierre or Francois or Jean-Luc or Louis or Jacques or Vincent or Gerard or Thierry or ha 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 or something what do you, speaking as a Frenchman, believe is truly the meaning of Christmas?
Well, it is the season to be the jolly. You sit there with your French cheese, your blue cheese, and you say, ha, 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 and then you are doing this, and then you get really bored of this bit. I really don't think the French character is funny anymore. I'm just bored of it. I'm done. I'm done with the French character. The Frenchman is retired. He's never going to be heard from again. And incredible scenes here as a Frenchman retires. What a beautiful sight for all the boys and all the girls. You could even say he surrendered for historical context. A Frenchman has packed into vocation and said, Good night, Vienna, and also good night, Vienna's sister, with whom I was also practicing intercourse. This is a truly remarkable, beautiful day for human beings everywhere. This is me, Gerbil Steinfeld, reporting for duty. I realise Gerbil Steinfeld it was slightly off there I have got a sore throat and can't quite do it properly at the moment <coughs> I mean by which I mean Gerbil Seinfeld is the same as he always has but as Gerbil Seinfeld comes along to report on the day's news I must hand over and look back with the smell of garlic very much in my nose and the Eiffel Tower at my back like the wind in a civilised country I have to ask have we found the true meaning of Christmas no, otherwise you wouldn't have the rest of the podcast. The others looking for it. The question, more pressingly, is: Will we ever? Is there even a true meaning to this social construct, other than the values it represents within us all? But whatever would I know? I'm only in France, the birthplace of philosophy. Providing you ask a Frenchman anyway. Reporting to verbal discharge. This has been Robbie Owen. Alongside Pierre or Francois, Jean-Luc or Louis or Jacques or Vincent or Gerard or Hitieri or like ha 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 or something. And Gerbil Steinfeld. Thank you very much. Over to James. So I am currently surrounded by windmills and cheese and wooden clogs and progressive political and social policies and buckets and buckets and buckets of the dankest weed in all of Europe. I am in Holland, the Netherlands, Hollande, the Netherlande, Lande Digno, however you or your people may pronounce it, that's where I'm at. I'm in Holland. So, basically, Holland's um, Christmas traditions are a little bit interesting, to sort of say the least. There's a lot of elements of their Christmas traditions that some would say should have been left behind in history, shouldn't have necessarily followed us into the modern age. Some would say that they're remnants of days of colonial atrocities and enslavement, So basically, their fundamental belief of Christmas is that there is a man called Sinterklaas, who's obviously not entirely dissimilar from Santa Claus. They both believe that he's a really sort of jolly, happy bearded dude who wears bright red robes. And if you're really good, he'll come to your house around Christmas. He'll give you a bunch of presents. Obviously, Sinterklaas isn't entirely dissimilar from Santa Claus, who was obviously a dyslexic interpretation of Taland Satan, or Sandy Claus, who was obviously the camel that perpetrated the Sandy Hook massacre. Now, one of the interesting uh, things about the Dutch Christmas is that they don't necessarily have uh, a Christmas day like we do. Instead, they've sort of got an entire festive period. They've pretty much got a month of Christmas festivities Um, And they do most of their present exchanging, which is what we would typically associate with Christmas, 
on St. Nicholas Day, which is on the 5th of December. So they get all the present exchanging out of the way, nice and early. They've got all kinds of other activities that fill up the rest of the month. And on the 25th, the actual Christmas Day, it's quite a quiet affair. Everyone's pretty sick of Christmas by that point, presumably. Because you, I don't know, if you've been celebrating Christmas for a month, would you not be sick of it by the time it actually rolled around? You know, that being said, I don't know if I'm in any position to judge because we, in a, in a, from a Western perspective, obviously celebrate Christmas with calendars and all sorts of Christmas songs and Christmas decorations and all kinds of you know sickening Christmas shit that fills up like most of November and December these days. It it really really is quite terrible. So yeah, so when they actually get to Christmas Day itself on the 25th of December, all they really do is they have a church service and just a family meal. Uh, just why, why, why do that? Why not just do what we do and lump all of that shit together into one neatly packaged day and then you can spend the rest of the month in anticipation of it? I don't know if there's anything to be said there about the true meaning of Christmas. I think, judging from how the Dutch do it, having looked at their method and dissected it, that the appropriate way to do Christmas is to have one day where all of your Christmas festivities happen, that is Christmas Day. You spend the rest of the month in anticipation, thinking, yes, I'm going to have a really good, really sick day coming up, going to have loads of presents, loads of food, I'm going to get drunk with my uncle that I never see, whatever it is people do on Christmas. Then you've got a few days of sort of Christmas hangover, you know. You sort of you take in the day. You sort of you reflect on it. You reflect on the previous year. You eat all the bits of leftover Christmas dinner that nobody's consumed yet. You get it all. You put it into a sandwich. Bish bash bosh. Boxing Day nosh, as my grandfather always used to say. And then obviously, late a few days there. You look forward to New Year, you just get drunk again. It's a really fun time for everyone involved, really. Now, um, one of the... <laughs> I almost can't say it, you know. Um, this is this is fascinating. This is the reason that I wanted to do Dutch Christmas and wanted to go into Dutch Christmas. Santa doesn't have elves. Sinterklaas doesn't have elves in Dutch Christmas. Instead, he has Zwarte Piet which translates to Black Pete, who is just a black dude called Pete. But he's not just a black dude, he is a slave. Santa and Sinterklaas and a lot of um, the world's ideas of Father Christmas stem from was based on Saint Nicholas, who was an actual man who was known for... Yeah, he gave a lot of presents to kids. Good one. Nice one, Saint Nicholas. Not going to fault you for that. Good job. But he also enslaved an awful, awful, awful lot of black people and did some pretty shitty things with them. And I think that Dutch Christmas tradition and Zwarte Piet is pretty much just a residual part of that. The Dutch, after all, did invent the slave trade. And I think we've still got this sort of very distilled form of that culture, of that tradition, still prevalent in society today. Um, so yeah, going to Zwarte Piet, Black Piet, when it comes around to sort of Christmas time, he Zwarte Piet has parades, he um, does stuff like with charities, and he goes around and he just entertains kids. But the more interesting thing about him is that when people dress up as Zwarte Piet 
and the typical interpretation and visualisation of Black Pete is that he is just blackface. He is just pretty much a racist caricature of a black person. Um, Now, there's a Dutch book uh, which translates, the title of which translates to A Cultural Geography and Folklore Investigation. Uh, It was written by a man called Carl Meissen, I think I'm pronouncing that right, and he proposed that the true historical origins of Black Pete were not necessarily to do with slavery, but were more to do with religious festivals and sort of a a more religious, strictly Christian view of the world. He argues that Black Pete was originally just meant to be a really, really badly burned devil who was enslaved, and all of the burns made his... I can't... How do you say this? (laughs) Um, All of the burns made his skin black as coal... And he was just more like he was enslaved by Sinterklaas and was sort of pretty much forced to assist him. What what, what does that say about a country's Christmas traditions when the the assistant of Father Christmas is a racist caricature? Uh, I mean, it gets worse because he wasn't just a character who helped Father Christmas or helped Sinterklaas. Sinterklaas... This old white dude was held up on a pedestal as being a sort of paragon of goodwill. So he'd come around during Christmas and he'd bring all the kids presents. But the church and media organisations and sort of various institutions throughout the ages didn't think it was right that he be the one to punish children. They thought his image should be one that was completely good and they should detach anything negative from his image whatsoever. So they did that by attaching all of the negative consequences of not behaving around Christmas to this black caricature called Black Pete. Um, So if you're good around Christmas, Sinterklaas comes to your house, your little Dutch house, which is probably just dug into the side of a windmill or a massive wheel of cheese or something. You know, a wheel of cheese that you can fill with the fumes from your dank, dank weed that you're always smoking because that's what the Dutch do (laughs) as as a... as a racist caricature of the Dutch, funnily enough. So he comes around, if you're good, gives you presents. But if you're bad, Zwarte Piet comes. Do you know what he does? I, I shit you not. He puts you in a burlap sack and he beats you and he takes you to Spain. <laughs> you know what? I wish I was making this up. I wish this was an actual thing that I had typed out prior to recording this. And said, oh yeah, this this would be funny. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> Can you imagine? Can you imagine a black racist caricature that punishes kids by trapping them in a sack, beating the shit out of them, and taking them to Spain? Literally enslaving them against their will and carrying them somewhere else. It's, it's really, really weird, the whole tradition. It's literally just... I heard to it referred to, not necessarily incorrectly, as a colonial cultural hangover. And that's very, very literally what it is. So, what do we take away from this? How do we discern the true meaning of Christmas based on this old racist Dutch tradition? I think the image that the Dutch are trying to push across to us is enslave other people, beat children if they're naughty, and smoke weed every day. Isn't that a Christmas message we can all agree with? 
So it's Christmas, and I'm spending Christmas in the lovely city of Australia, um, which is the capital city of Australia. And the traditions in Australia are very, uh, are very strange indeed. Very strange to uh, our definitely cultured, cultured homeland of Great Britain. Um, seem in Australia, what they do is. Um, rather than where they usually have the hats with the corks hanging from it, what they do at Christmas is that they have little elves hanging from the corks. So they take, like, they, they capture the elves in the outback, usually hanging from the mouth of a giant, a giant spider, possibly poisoned, incapacitated. And these little elves are about mm, three inches tall, I think. And they go, they, they go around with a little, uh, little, nice little wicker Christmas basket, and they go around. They gather these elves. It's fun for the whole family. Like children go around, like, oh, cool, blimey, mate, I'll find some bloody elves. And they, uh, they, they pick them from the ground, chuck them in the basket, and they take them home. And they uh, wire some string through the elves, uh, little elves' skulls. But don't worry, they don't feel much pain because they're already incapacitated by, uh, by spider poison. Um, and then what they do is they they put the rope through the elf's skull and then tie it to the hat. And uh, the elves stay alive through the entire process. It is absolutely fascinating. Um, I'm seeing some fantastic elf hats here. Um, I've just met the Prime Minister of Australia, actually, uh, Mr. Um, um, Bonza Seymour Kangaroo. Uh, that's, that, that's hilarious. That, that's, that's really funny. I really came up with that. Um, I mean, that's his actual name. It wasn't me just absolutely running out of ideas and coming up with this, this on the last second of New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve? Christmas Eve. It's not that far down the line. Anyway, and uh, Mr. Seymour Bonza Kangaroo, um, he has a lovely bonnet made entirely out of elves. Like The hat itself is made of elves all sewn together. Um, the elves, uh, the biggest elves are found in Australia. They have there's even poisonous elves there. I mean, everything in Australia can kill you. And uh, fortunately, uh, only the strongest, um, drunkest men in Australia can uh, can take down the poison elves themselves. Elves themselves, um, and the poison elves live in the tallest uh, tallest mountain of Australia. They live um, the the big red rock um, landmark thing out in the outback, and right at the top of that, the big the big plateau on top of that rock, there uh, there's a poison elf. And the poison elf waits there, he waits there all year, and um, he waits there all year, and he, uh, um, he's wait, he waits for Christmas, he's just waiting there, and then he's like, oh, oh boy, fair dinkum, who's going who's gonna to challenge me, who's going to challenge me this year to a Christmas fight, oh. and he's sitting there, he's drinking his fosters, he's eating his snags, he's there all year, but he, do, he doesn't get any exercise, he just sits on top of the rock, Gets horrible, horrible sunburn. Um, is all red, really. He looks the same colour as a rock. Not Dwayne John Rock Johnson, as in the rock he's sitting on. Um, and then, by the time uh, Christmas rolls around, the, the the Prime Minister goes up there. That's how they actually choose a Prime Minister. He goes up there. Uh, he fights the elf. He incapacitates him. Breaks his legs. Breaks his arms. Breaks his uh, breaks his elf hats. Little bobble hat where his brain is stored. Um, and he uh, he turns him uh, into a hat, and he sews him to the other elves, and um, and then that's how Christmas happens uh, on um, in Australia. Like it can happen any time of the year, really. It's it's, it's more when they choose a new prime minister or um, 
just letting know when we just we just feel like it really when the uh, when the um the find the strength to take down the poison elf and then uh, then it starts to snow presents rain down from the sky um wallabies turn around and turn into sleigh bells and um and the poison spiders they all turn into snow and uh, that's how they, uh, they celebrate christmas in uh, australia Jordan, unfortunately, couldn't get his transmission in as he's currently spending Christmas in a country without Wi-Fi, computers, or any other basic human rights. Um, a country that is otherwise known as Turkey in 12 months' time. Um, for those of you that aren't quite up to date with future politics, after the shooting of Andre Karlov last week, but last week now rather than last week in the future, in the time Jordan lives in now... Putin uh, sits on his thumbs for like the next month or so, just like in anger and reluctantly enjoys Christmas. Eventually, his mate with the French girl's name uh, is president of the United States, and the two of them launch like a tag team on Turkey. They take them out. Uh, they they take them out. They just bomb them, nuke them, generally obliterate them until it looks like the kind of place where Cormac McCarthy would go for a holiday. And this is a huge shame, of course, as it means the rest of the world from 2017 onwards will be without a great. Christmas dish. I am of course talking about the large sky digital satellite dish that you need to watch reruns of the Muppets Christmas Carol on Channel 4 on Christmas Eve. No, that's a joke. What a funny joke though. What a really, really funny joke from a comedy podcast. No, the Christmas turkey um, is no longer a option. It's actually, not many people know this, it's just a lump pulled from the ground of the country. Turkey is famous for being the only country with sentient ground, although the UK isn't far behind because it has legs now to help it leave Europe. Uh, the Turkish soil just actually runs around shouting gobble, 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 just like when it's in the ground, it just sort of shifts about um, until it's eventually shot, killed and eaten, which is what it really wants. In fact, we get the word gobble from the original Turkish, meaning to shove in one's pie hole, from the fact that all turkeys want is to be eaten by you right now, you fat cow. So whilst we cook and roast our turkey, in Turkey in 2016 and previous, they just eat the ground. They just put their mouth to the ground and chew. Like even concrete and tarmac, they just chew and chew and chew and chew and chew. They eat it all. Like people just lie on the ground nibbling the pavement. It's a true sight to behold. And probably what Jordan would be doing now if he wasn't stuck in a post-apocalyptic, post-Putin hellhole. And as such, um, while we wait to hear again from Jordan, I'm afraid that brings us to the end of this week's podcast. That's all we've got time for, I'm afraid. I'm also afraid generally because of the state of word politics I've just stated. We'd like to apologize as well for the state of the website. It's beyond our control. Um, all I'm going to say, for professional reasons, is that if you are thinking of starting a website yourself over the festive season, whatever you do, do not use Zyma. Uh, that's Z-Y-M-A. Do not use them. Um, if you want a reason why, then look at the website or know that they are incompetent arseholes with an awful customer service department who rolled our website back a month and deleted our content. Um, otherwise, Merry Christmas. We'll be back next week with the New Year's show. Until then, have a very Merry Christmas and a happy week between then and New Year. Final word of the show, New Zealand.